Welcome to the Winners Find A Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show. I am your host, Brent Clark, CEO of Leadershipity and also AIM NIL Academy, where we teach all these young athletes how to be entrepreneurs. Most people know me because I spent 13 years in professional baseball coaching in three World Series. And today on the show, I got special guest, Lisa Brooking. Shout out, Lisa. What's up? Hi, Trent. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you're here. You know, anytime there's an Ontario girl, like I want you in the studio talking shop because you're a world beater. I mean, you got a lot going on. And as the CEO of Health Code Medical, you have just been in care of people for a long time. We want to get to know you a little bit better. But first, tell people where they can find you. If they're looking for you, Lisa. Yes. So if you're interested in Health Code Medical, we can be reached at healthcodemedical.ca. And then as for connecting with me, Lisa Brooking on LinkedIn. Yeah, perfect. Yes. Great profile there. All right, Lisa, let's get into your now CEO of Health Code Medical, have a master's in nursing and leadership, went to education first in Windsor. Big shout out to the Windsor for D-Town. You know, in Windsor, we love, you know, it's Michiganders. We love Windsor. I was just in Detroit last week. And so you did uh, undergrad nursing there, served as a nurse for a long time. Now, I want to get into this, what, you know, a lot of people already probably know about Lisa Brooking is you are a national runner and you have competed at a very high level, including winning the open at the 2022 half marathon in Miami. So, I mean, this is often a young person's game. I think most people, when I say winning the half marathon at Miami, you look 21, but you know, like you are not 21 anymore. And like, that is no joke. You were a pretty skilled runner and then went away from it and come back to talk to us through that story about how you came back to running and made the Canadian national team. Thanks, Trent. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Yes, I've had the great privilege of running cross country and track at Windsor University during my undergraduate degree, moved out west to beautiful Vancouver, Did my started my nursing career. I got into critical care ICU nursing at a level one trauma center. And I did still keep up my running, but it wasn't at the same level, just given my focus on my career and all things with becoming a a novice nurse. And then years later, went back to school, about four years later, going back to school to do my master's degree and had some eligibility left. So those injuries in undergrad that gave me those that eligibility, I was still able to um, cash that in. I had an extraordinary opportunity to run for Trinity University in the side of Vancouver on their track and cross-country team. Getting back into that organized sport and team, it was so rewarding. And um, we had some great success for the university. And it also translated into me making the national team. So as a senior woman in my late mid to late 20s, making my first national team was so unexpected. I um, I went back to university for a degree and then was excited to be able to also run and did not expect that to happen. And so it's been a very rewarding experience to represent my country. Let's talk quickly about that because I know athletics look different for me at 21 years old than it did at 27. And mm-hmm. one of those reasons was I felt like at 21, I had just been on the field forever. I was always beat up. I was always in the training room, always injured. I think I had like three surgeries before I was 21. And I was like, And then when I got like healthier and I actually learned how to take a step back, (laughs) learned to put my body down maybe because maybe I was running too hard, right? And rest and recuperate and eat better and all the things holistically, they looked very different at like 27, 28 for me. 
Likewise, as a mature athlete, you know, you're taking what you've learned along the way and applying it and then sharing that with those girls that are younger than me to say, actually, you do need your rest. You do need to hydrate. Prehab is important. You can't just put your runners on and get out the door. You need to warm up. You need to stretch. And so I entered the sport relatively late in life, mid high school. So because of that, I think I just, I still have years, a few years left in me or miles left in me. I certainly have that grit and that drive. Yeah, running for the national team for about four or five Pan Ams and one world championship. And then was grateful to be sponsored by Saucony over that six year period, Saucony Canada. And then that actually has translated onto the roads. So now I'm, I'm loving wherever my work takes me. If there is a road race in town, I am signing up and I jump in and often don't know the course and what's happening, but it is so fun and I'm just embracing it. Yeah. And out in Vancouver, I mean, there's really not a more gorgeous place in the, in the country to run, right? I mean, it's just fabulous. And plus you could take a little hike up North about an hour and a half or a couple hours up to Whistler and get some altitude. And like, it's just uh, amazing grounds out there. I love the Island too, by the way, Vancouver Island's fabulous. And that's always a flat, but pretty nice run out there too. Beautiful. So you've gone to Aspen for altitude training. So you've done a lot of things now at this time and take a much more holistic approach about how you're doing doing it. Is that fair? For sure. I had the opportunity to go to Aspen. I had never been at altitude before. First time to also to Colorado. And I thought, well, how will my body respond? And so, you know, was there for some work, but thought, let's see how this goes. And my body very much responded to it. Painful at first, of course, just felt that fitness and extraordinary leap. And so look forward to opportunities where I can spend some more time at 8,000 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially in Aspen. That's never terrible in Aspen. That's good. So, all right, let's get into some of the questions I have for you. But first, one thing that most people don't know about you, Lisa, is that, you know, maybe you said late runner because... At eight, you were a seamstress. You started sewing doll clothes. Did you think like, hey, I'm going to make some clothes for my dolls because I got this skill. And then did you think like, oh, I might go to fashion and not in this healthcare thing? Or was this just always a hobby? Yes. You know what? I um, didn't grow up through sport. Don't come from an athletic family. And yes, I was, you know, came from modest means. So in order to clothe my dolls and and play with my dolls, got into sewing and and then making my own. I didn't expect athletics to become such an important part of my life. And so it's just stumbled across the sport. It's so soul fulfilling. I still sew and I'm a bit of a seamstress on the side, but you know, athletics is certainly my passion. That's awesome. Okay, let's get into a couple of questions. And I want to talk a little bit about some of the things you've learned along the way as an athlete, now CEO, pretty big transition there. But yet there's a lot of skills that are highly transferable. And we want to talk about that. But one of the things, you know, to start with, with is for athletes that are out there and, you know, at, at a world-class level, which you are, you know, diversity is important in your training, mixing it, doing things to get your body out of just doing it this way, where we're always just going, hey, I only go forward and I, I can't go left and I can't go right. I only do this. The body tends to just get used to things. And all of a sudden, there's no overload principle. There's no challenge to it. You found that in other sports. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yes. Through diversity, such as through cycling, I've taken up downhill skiing and have just fallen in love with movement in general um, and learning other sports. I can say that the approach to sport has changed. When I was an undergrad, there was a process to training athletes where it was a one-size-fits-all. So we, we ran twice a day, and it was just a certain mentality of how runners ran and trained to, to achieve this goal. And I would say now I am stronger, healthier, and yet running faster. And so mm. for me, training looks different. My mileage is different than somebody else, or I do um, more hill training. So for me, I approach the sport through strength, and um, I gain that strength through a lot of hill training so that when I'm on the flats in Miami, hopefully that hill training translates into speed. Yeah. Big benefit being in the Couve because you've got great hills and easily not far to find, right? To find hills there, which is awesome. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you kind of mentioned there was the one size fits all, right? Things have changed in the way we do training and we've, we've come to know the body much better. One of the things we talked a little bit about, you know, offline here, both in your athletic position and your nursing position is that when we look at what we're going for and we're looking for challenges in our in the things we're doing there's often a root cause 
behind things. Mm -hmm. And we kind of gloss over that, like, you know, hey, I'll just keep doing it this way. And like, wait a minute, maybe these shin splints are happening for this reason. Mm -hmm. This diabetes is coming on because of something. What's the root cause of that of, of the behavior, maybe, or mm -hmm. or the activity that could be changing things? Talk me through that. Mm -hmm. no, you're exactly right. From a professional career standpoint, nursing, being at the bedside and having a progressive career through different phases of management has given me such an incredible perspective and realizing that, oh, what I'm seeing at the bedside for this patient correlates with other patients and more, you know, population-based. So thinking, how can we look at the root cause and maybe people don't need to get sick in the first place, arm them with a better immune system, arm them with more knowledge around, you know, your diabetes, heart disease. You know, you were given a triple bypass. Now you're back again for stent. Again, this isn't for everyone, but we can all apply behavioral changes and lifestyle modification changes in order to shift that trajectory. I think a lot of patients, a lot of people don't realize that they can have agency over their health. And then athletically, I think the same principles apply. You know, what works for somebody that they follow on social media may not work for somebody learning to do their first 5k. Mm -hmm. I um, apply a reflective practice. My running career, just like my nursing career has been progressive. So what have I learned along the way? And how can I show up at the start line, whether I'm representing a team, Saucony, or Team Canada, like how can I deliver the best result and be the best athlete on race day if I've learned that I need to do X, Y, and Z for my health? It may look like something different for somebody else. And then something that's also seen in both transferable from both my professional career and my athletic career is being able to pivot. If you get sick unexpectedly, pivot, take that day off you know, do something light, you know, movement is medicine, even if it's just going for a walk. And so I think what I have learned is, or what I've seen in my practice is just being able to pivot. Yeah, I love that. Movement is medicine. That's so powerful, right? Like that is, that's the reality of the deal. Now, one of the things I'm going to question you on is a little bit about your path, because now your way with Health Code Medical is very targeted preventative work. It's about really mm -hmm. getting that health out front and understanding our bodies and getting knowledge because mm -hmm. you and I both know, you know, as me as a former strength coach, listen, once, once you have the education, nobody can take it, right? Like you've got mm -hmm. it now and you build systems in that serve you and work and, and it's okay if you try something and it's not working after two or three weeks, you can adjust and change. And I love that message because I think people know I'm just going to keep doing it and hope for a different result. Like, yeah, okay. I don't think you're going to get it. But so one of the things that's very significant in your career is you were a trained nurse. And when I think of nurses, this is, and you can change my perception if you'd like, but you know, I, I often think of post-operative care. This is post-injury. On this other side of, of the life of exercise, science, physiology, health, mm. like, we're talking about preventative health. Talk mm. about building life habits and behaviors. So you've shifted from one as a young person of caring for people, loving, and then now caring for them in a different way, really through education. Is that fair? Absolutely. And that was just a fantastic summary. You really encapsulated all of that. Nursing traditionally is on the reactive base side of healthcare, more like sick care. And so working in ICU, or as you described, post-operative care, you are, you know, getting people back to health. And so that you can discharge them and arming them with the knowledge so that they don't have to end up back here in the hospital needing acute services. Anything urgent or emergent, we would want to keep people healthy so they don't need to access those care. And so it has been extraordinary and again, so unexpected to be in, to have this opportunity to be able to lead a company that's looking ahead. And so it's shifting that paradigm to say, you know what, let's look at you in terms of your genetics and let's screen for cancers and let's be proactive. And so that where you live, what toxins do you have in your environment? Maybe there's mold, maybe there's other toxins, environmental toxins that are affecting your health. You have maybe an underlying allergy that you didn't realize to a, to a food that you've been eating all your life. So sometimes allergies occur later in life. We're all creatures of habit. I don't know about you, but I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. And over time, you can actually create a bit of an allergy to that or sensitivity. So when you're having those gut issues, we consider the gut the second brain. All of a sudden, it's coming out in brain fog, maybe some skin issues, and just overall low energy. So we are a physician-driven clinic, a full medical team, and we're doing testing to get to the root cause. We're looking for 
what is driving that cholesterol buildup in your coronary arteries that's leading to that heart attack. We're taking it one step further. We bring in international blood testing. So we're not just using, you know, some of the big names out there. We're also bringing in some of the new emerging tests that's coming out. And I think that's what's most fantastic is people can come to Health Code and they can have the investigations into their area of interest, potentially it's circulating cancer cells or, you know, deep dive into cancer or a deep dive into cardiovascular health from a blood testing as well as an imaging standpoint to say, okay, here's what we see and then here's how we can form a path forward. And so that's a bit of a different approach than other companies that are out there. And I think it's something that's really taking off because we're, we're arming people with knowledge about you, your unique self. We have the yeah. same color blood, but we're genetically made up differently yeah. depending on how we live our life, depends okay. on which genes are being expressed. Good. I love to hear people actually recognize we're different. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, it's really important, right? <laughs> and especially in the medical community. So one of the things that is what probably most people don't know about people like you and I, Lisa, is that we're sad sitting alongside a person who's had 25 years of just damage to their body because we know, hey, if you'd have got this education and maybe the discipline, right, too, because, mm -hmm. you know, you can have the education, not do the work, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's one of the big challenges is that a lot of things as you're sitting in as a, as a nurse, as you're sitting in caring for a friend who's, whose health is really diminished, a lot of it is preventable. Like 90% is just preventable, right? And maybe more than that, but like it's significant and it's frustrating for people. But and I'm just going to speak for me. It's frustrating for me. I get saddened by it. I get a little bit depressed because I just think like, wow, things could have been different and choices matter. It's hard to sit by and go. And I think what I'd love to kind of pivot here to is the fact that it doesn't happen fast, right? It, it, the change doesn't happen fast. And I've had many people, you know, I used to own a gym and many people came into our gym going, hey, I've picked up these 75 pounds along the way and I'd like it gone by next Friday. And I'm like, right, well, you took 20 years to get that 75 pounds. I don't think it's going to go by next Friday, but you know, like a pound a week is really awesome. Like, and you can do that all day long. And 75 weeks, you know, that's it's barely over a year. Like you're going to be back mm. to yourself, but it's like the daily habits that matter. Talk to me mm. about what you've learned from that, going from that post to pre now. Thank you. Yes. And people show up in all ways, shapes and form. So there is the, you know, what we think is the overweight person that, you know, we need to get that weight off. And that's ultimately what's driving the heart disease, diabetes. But there's also people that are slender in nature, but have low energy. And so that is in and of itself a struggle for them to, to live their best life and be to show up to do their job, to be a good community member, to be a good uh, family member, is to have that energy, that awareness, that engagement. And so health is so many different things. And yes, there's physical health, but there's also mental health and overall energy and spirit. So what we do is getting to that root cause can say, oh, this is actually driving that low energy. It breaks my heart to hear people say, oh, before, you know, having three kids, I used to be this athlete, but now I just have no energy. My kids have grown up. They're now moved on. And I, and I said, well, let's get you back. What did you do before? Describe to me the athlete you were. Yeah. And I love having these conversations because from a woman's perspective, maybe now they're going through menopause and they thought, wow, I'm, I'm dealing with all these symptoms. And now you want me to become the athlete I used to be in my twenties. Are, are you kidding me? But ultimately, it's like, how can we hone in these symptoms, level out those hormones, and then give you back that energy? Our body wants to be a Ferrari. Our body is meant to be an F1. So how can we look to see and recalibrate the system? Because it is out of balance. And so we use so many different types of therapies and different approaches and a holistic approach to see what is for you, because there has been a shift from the person you were in your 20s and 30s, and now you're in your 40s and 50s, you used to play hockey, used to do all this, and now you can barely get your workday done. So mm -hmm. how do we give our society that energy, that zest for life, that's ultimately going to give them the, yes, I want to work out. I want to take the dog for the extra walk. I'm going to take my kids for a hike. That to me mobilizes a society. And then with that, you want to eat healthier because you're moving and then you want to eat healthy. So it all goes hand in hand. What I've learned throughout my nursing career 
if you arm people with the knowledge, really, I didn't realize X is connected to Y. So it is, you know, if a woman's struggling to get pregnant and people think, oh, stress, stress, stress. Well, there's a blood test, cortisone, that tests your levels of stress. So what we're not, I, what I'd love to do is educate people on, while we say we need to hone in your stress levels to help you achieve your goal, athletically, personally, family planning, there are blood tests and indicators to show where you're off balance so that you can track those trends. And so we do at the uncovery stage and then we track the trends throughout the year so people can see what's working and what's not to course correct. I think that's important is being able to do that piece so people can see that their body is shifting. Love it. I think you're a great example, Lisa. Walt Whitman's famous quote, right? Be curious, not judgmental. I mean, yeah. people come in there and they're judging themselves, right? Like, oh, I can't go into a clinic. I'm 75 pounds overweight. I'm not where I should be. Or, you know, I don't look that. So they're not going to think anything's wrong with me because I'm not overweight. But people don't know I'm not eating right. Like my health is not, you know, whether it's bulimia or anorexia, like I'm not healthy with food right now in my life. And they, and we hide that, right? Cause we got a shame mm -hmm. cycle, but I'm going to challenge you here, Lisa, real quick. And you'll appreciate this. You know, our show winners find a way winners when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win mm -hmm. from the book, the four disciplines of execution. Love that quote. So here's my challenge to you, Lisa is like, I get exactly what you're trying to do and I, it's admirable. And like anything I can do, I will promote the snot out of it because you know, I'm right in your camp, right? But you are fighting a losing game. I mean, everyone has a pill to fix everything. Everyone's like, oh, don't feel good. Like, hey, take an energy drink that has enough chemical intake to probably kill a small horse, right? Mm -hmm. And we're like, whoa, what are you drinking? Like, And what we're putting into our body, the lack of rest, the phone scrolling, the lack of sleep. I mean, we're becoming zombies out here. Mm -hmm. And there's a bunch of societal factors that are making it easy for us to stay in that mode. So now here comes Lisa and Health Code Medical to change the world and change my world personally. And I'm going to come in and you're going to overcome these factors. How? Yes, it can seem overwhelming put in in the right context, but it also is such a great opportunity. And so what we are doing, it's homegrown. It is organically grown here, this clinic. And we are going to methodically expand across Canada and the U.S. We already service clients across Canada and the U.S., all through word of mouth. And so I think there's already a little movement happening. And then they're telling their friends. And so this is our first attempt, speaking with you, to really get the message out to be able to touch and reach more people. And this is, you know, a business that is doing things differently. And just like with running, if you take the path less followed and anything you want to do in life that's different, right? You're trailblazing yourself and you're trailblazing your own trail. So for me, you know, it's just consistent practices and trying to do right by patients, connecting with our patients. What are we missing? What can we do better? And then add that in. So it's very much a community. Yeah, I would say that it is a big undertaking, but I know that over time we will have impacts. I am a very curious person. I also would love the opportunity to talk to, you know, policymakers and people that can mobilize change and activate change, maybe insurance companies that can see the value in, you know, oh, if we help this, if we subsidize this, a client will do more proactive care or help them, you know, get on track with their diabetes and it helps them in the end as a payer. So both sides of the borders, same issues, you know, healthcare costs are going up, overall health um, of our nations are going down. And so how can we mobilize change? It's not a quick drug and it's not more dependency on the system. I think we shift that paradigm and we educate, 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 whether it's in elementary schools and science centers, it's in so many different ways where we can breathe knowledge and curiosity. And then where people are seeing it interconnected. There's so much technology out there now that shows us gives us a picture of our body's health from the inside. Our Apple Watch, you know, whether you're getting certain imaging or aura rings. So now we have more data than ever before. And so we should be able to have more agency. So we're connecting the dots. There's a lot out there. There's a lot of noise out there. We don't do fads. We're not, everyone should be on a keto diet. We are your personalized quarterback. So we're taking out the noise of healthcare and sick care and saying with you, based on what we're seeing in this blood testing, imaging assessment, we're seeing in your goals, this is what you should do 
to help shift that trajectory. And this is how we're going to track it over time. And we have a whole team to help you and then have that sustainable change to last for a lifetime. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think one of the things that we both agree on is that the fundamentals are held on health have not changed movement exercise eating well you know the good foods obviously from organic healthy diets that were what we're putting in our bodies is really important you know the education not be beat and i think getting it out there is going to be crucial one of the things that you know to expound on the human body is i saw this study that said if we were to recreate and rebuild the human body which is an amazing mechanism right like it's, it's mm-hmm. incredible right? Especially our body to heal. Like that's crazy. And fight off infection. Like that's the most powerful being in the world right there. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, if you were to recreate the systems, it would cost over 500 million US dollars to rebuild today, if not more. Mm -hmm. So when I ask an individual, hey, are you responsible at work for $500 million of assets? Like There are very few people in US and Canada that are responsible for those level of assets. That is a lot of money and responsibility. You, you know, we certainly have these 1% of CEOs and, mm-hmm. and, and founders of these companies and public companies, and, and they have that responsibility, but it's a very small portion. But every one of us is responsible for our body. And I think shifting that personal responsibility is, will be a huge, you know, Mm -hmm. a huge movement to get people to understand like, Hey, you, you got this and you controls and we can guide and help you along the way. But ultimately this is up to you. This is your body. And I think that's going to be so powerful. I want to kind of shift here to two things that I want to finish. Well, three things really. I want to finish with being reflective about what's happened, you know, kind of reviewing the tapes, Lisa, like, what am I doing? And how do you think people should be doing that today? How do you think they should be going out and reflecting on things that are happening, things in their health? Well, we don't wait until something breaks down with our vehicle until we take it to the shop. Some people do, but some people do preventative maintenance. Our bodies are incredible. They're always changing according to our blood pressures adapting. We adapt according to the temperature, stress. So we're nothing static in our body. And because we are given the gift of this extraordinary body, we need to take good care of it. And then we can show up and be our best self. And so for me, it's like if I can role model this way forward and maybe inspire people to say, you know what, this isn't impossible. This is actually possible because my body is a machine and I try my best to eat healthy. We all have our days and our vices where we're not so healthy, but we know that that is just one off and that's not a consistent piece. And then being able to, you know, inspire our way forward to hopefully create a good movement. So I'd love to see people have agency over their health and take ownership of their health, not want somebody else to take ownership of their health. Their family doctor, it's not their job. It's nobody's job but yourself. And so Mm. if you want to show up for your family, your community, at your workplace as your best self and not, you know, emotionally unstable, energy unstable, you know, all of this, people think, oh, that's, that's just me. But potentially there is actually something driving that instability because our body wants to be in homeostasis. And one thing I've learned through reflective practice is, okay, why did I race well on this day and not this day? Or why was these night shifts harder? Well, maybe I didn't feel properly before the night shift. And so learning about myself along the way has certainly helped me been able to um, be able to translate that into leading a company. Yeah. And you felt this, right? Like you felt like as a 2022 winner at Miami in the half marathon, you come back a year later, run two minutes faster and finish third. Right. Like this is that's part of the deal. Right. This is this is racing, baby. And so you know, hey, it depends on the competition that shows up. And you know what? Hats off, you know, like tip your cap to somebody who shows up and beats you, like who can yeah. run two and a half and minutes faster. Totally. I show up at that start line. I'm so grateful to be at the front still in the game, right? I'm in the game still. I'm in the elite field, feeling great. But what did it take for all these other women to show up? Maybe yeah. their kids kept them up all night. They didn't sleep well. You know, what adversities did the other women have to do to to show up and be their best day. Maybe there is a pro athlete there that has a lingering injury. We all show up under different circumstances, but we tow that line united with the spirit of a joy for sport. And for me, when that gun goes off and I, you know, the humidity is Miami and just a totally different climate. I should have arrived earlier, but I'm in race mode. I'm not thinking about anything else. 
I'm very focused. And that is evident in all aspects of my life. What I'm doing at that time, I am focused. When I'm doing my work, I'm not scrolling and not listening. I'm very engaged. So with racing, I am engaged every step, every movement, every mile marker. I'm pushing the girls, they're pushing me. And just extraordinary sportsmanship. I don't know if I would have ran, pushed myself that two, like over two minutes faster if I hadn't have had those incredible women. The woman who won from Kenya, the second woman from Ukraine. She's holding a lot with her running with pride, representing her country. And we all run with a different purpose, but we're so united through sport. And sport to me has just been so fulfilling, coming, finding it organically. And I hope that other people can find a sport that brings them joy Then they want to keep a healthy body so that they can engage in that sport. Well, I love that. Let's kind of pivot, uh, you know, on that, like for people, you kind of mentioned it, which was, you know, hey, you have a bad day. I mean, mm-hmm. for someone who's out there right now and they're having a lot of bad days, you know, and they just feel like, oh, I haven't done anything for two years. That's over, you know, 730 days. So it's like, yeah, no, no, I get that. But like all of a sudden you've done your walk every day for 20 days and you decide that, you know what? This Saturday night is bonbons and pizza and movie flicks, you know, like, yeah, yeah. All right. Like it's a bad day. I get it. But don't throw out the 20 and have to revert back to 700 more in a row. Take the one day and get back up the next morning with a plan and ready to go. Let's talk about for you, that grit that kind of changed things for you that you always kind of fight through. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes it's just changing things up. We're such creatures of habit. We commute the same way to work. We go to the same grocery store, you know, and for me, it's, you know, when things aren't going well, running helps me clear my mind. I listen to a lot of podcasts such as yours, audiobooks, but it's even changing up where I'm running because even changing your environment can change your perspective and just seeing beauty and running in a trail as the leaves are turning or just being so grateful for the privilege of where we live, whichever side of the border, we're very grateful to live in our country. And so for me, that gives me a lot of grace and just gratefulness, and a lot of gratitude. In terms of having that grit, you know, I'm, I, um, I wake up with purpose. And so I know why I'm here, what I'm meant to do. And I feel that I'm meant to be able to, you know, create an impact, positive impact on people. With patient care, it was one patient at a time in intensive care. And then now I'm able to lead a company where I can impact more patients and really help shift their trajectory. When it comes to grit, you know, I'm not sure you can give somebody grit or not. I just find with myself, you know, I set a goal and I work towards that goal. If something's not working, I look and explore and talk to others and how can I achieve that goal? I don't just give up on the goal. So when we think of a business and having a strategic priority, such as a growth plan, you want to open up clinics in X, Y, and Z city, great plan. But sometimes It doesn't work for our construction reasons or there's so many factors that go into it. So how can you pivot the plan without losing the overall spirit of growth? And so I think it's just having that grit, but also being able to recognize when you need to pause and reprioritize. Yes. So I love that concept. And as you talk about, you know, individual, like I think about that grit and where everybody fits in. And I think where they get the grit is that they start making little steps. And mm-hmm. what's, what's great about small goals is I accomplish that and I set the next one. So, you know, what's really big and really important for people to get when we're talking about when we drive teams into the next level and, and we double their EBITDA and, you know, basically doubling their business in less than two years, we take these steps up and we keep taking these steps up. But the thing about it is, is it doesn't come back. Like those are all filling up every time and we're setting a new baseline standard for the company. Mm -hmm. And so when you talk about your health, when you've set your first baseline standard of, hey, I'm going to circle the block twice because that's what I can do right now. Great. That's awesome. Like start there because you're okay. Like get that step. And with the goal of, hey, the next thing is going to be walk that park a mile away from me and I'm walking all the way down there. I'm going to go walk a little on the waterfront and then walk all the way back home. And that may be two weeks away. That may be two months away. That may be two years away, depending on where you're at in your journey. And that's okay. But I think where people develop their grit is that they see some successes along the way. What have you seen in that? 
Mm -hmm. I think with the word grit, sometimes people misinterpret it. They think they have their blinders on and they're doing this at all expenses. Well, no, you need to actually not have your blinders on and make sure that that progress is thoughtful and intentional. So when some people use the word grit, I'm because that term can often be misinterpreted, I often use like commitment, dedication. You're dedicated to your health or your business goal. Okay, so what does that mean? You want to make steps forward and not steps back. So those are intentional and those are thoughtful steps. And then again, you're absolutely right. Running to me and saying, Lisa, you have to run 100K this week. Great. You tell me to go and do strength training and I'm, you know, dragging my feet in the gym and walking backwards, you know, because I'm very comfortable in the movement of running and in the environment of running. And then, but I know that strength training is important for me to run, but recognizing I can't do it alone. And so by arming myself with a trainer and with somebody to watch me to ensure that that conditioning is happening without causing injury, then I'm building up confidence. Then I can go into a gym and do my weights on my own and not feel out of place or uncomfortable. So I think sometimes when you're successful as an athlete or you run a company or you're in a, a leadership role, people think, oh, it must be easy. But it's not easy. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. And it's being able to be vulnerable to say, you know what, these are my weaknesses, but this is how I'm going to work on them so that I can then be an even better athlete or an even better leader. And so that's how um, I use grit is I have a goal and then I look to see how can I achieve that goal if it's too much for me going to the gym five days a week. For me, it's just starting small and then building up that routine, that muscle memory. Okay, this habit and then the habit. Okay, I want to do it. When I'm traveling, I want to be able to do it. So it's just like for me, running is uh, second nature. For me, it brings me a lot of joy. So how can I make other aspects of training joyful? And for me, it's just approaching it through different methods. Well, you said something interesting to me before, which was like define your podium, right? Like mm -hmm. I know what your podium is, but everybody's got their own, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And this is what's so fantastic is I want to help each patient find their podium. So if our clients are coming to us and they, you know, want to run their first marathon and they want to know how can I best fuel my body, or they're looking to shift their health trajectory, they're looking to lose that weight. Our founder, our one angel investor, he's was 6'2", 330 pounds, type 2 diabetes, lost his driver's license, couldn't get life insurance. Now, after decades of being shuffled through different specialists and going to different health coach and nutritionist. He found functional medicine, huge. He is like the fountain of youth and energy. He's 70. I can barely keep up with him. And he is given the gift of health by creating this clinic. So this clinic, you know, didn't come out of a market. Yes, there is a market need for something like this, but it came out of his own personal health journey and recognizing that like, it's not a death sentence having being diagnosed with di diabetes. You can actually change that. And I think People often just accept it and live with it versus how can we shift it? And then how can we help you not just overcome it, but then optimize your health? And we're seeing people that are just thinking, wow, I feel like my younger self. And it's exciting to see people energized um, and, and just have that like zest for life. Yeah. And for this person, right? Like Savini looks very different now than it did then. I mean, he's got a quality of life at 70 years old, which given the former path, I'm not sure he makes it to 70, right? I mean, they're like, there's, there's challenges there that would predicate him actually living that long. And so, man, when it's a little bit of life and death, I don't want to make it out to be it's, but it's that important. For sure. Absolutely. Let's talk uh, quickly about athlete to CEO. I mean, you know, you're featured on Canadian Running Magazine, right? Like you're this champion runner running on the national team. And you're also a CEO of a company, right? Like that's crazy. Most people are like going, woman, how you doing all that? Right? <laughs> like, How do you balance it all? And But I want to talk a little bit about some of the things you've learned about from all that training, all that time, all the road work coaches, the, the better nutrition, the preventative work, preparation, all those skills that you've learned along the way as an athlete. Talk to me a little bit about how that's serving you as a CEO. Oh, there's a direct correlation. And I wish I knew this beforehand. And I didn't. And I, I think that is what has 
been eye-opening for me. Progressing in my leadership journey has been through this reflective practice, curiosity, connecting with the patients and people that I serve. And then as going up through the organization and ranks and holding different positions, it's never forgetting where I came from and having that boots on the ground perspective. So, you know, going through the hospital, walking through the hospital, connecting with patients, observing flow. I'm very much somebody that um, learns through experiencing. So if I experience something, I won't forget it. But also I take away a lot around, a lot of learnings come from that. So World Championships was in Kampala, Uganda. And Athletics Canada was so grateful to um, allow me to go visit the hospital and the AIDS society. And for me, it was, you know, this opportunity to run on African soil, which is the breeding ground of the most incredible runners in the world. Yeah. But then also, you know, not apply judgment to what I assume their healthcare system's like, but actually go and see it and experience it. And there's so many things to celebrate. I had a translator with this nurse that spoke Swahili and she had such pride in the work that she does. And so for me, every chance I get to learn and experience when I was in Aspen, I, I also uh, toured their hospital because I just wanted to see what does this little community hospital look like? And you can just feel a culture. You can just feel pride. And, you know, what types of patients are coming into this hospital and for what reason? Then it makes me think, oh, if we are, how can we better serve patients? It's not one size fits all. We have large countries. So certain pockets of the country may be uh, at risk for certain things. And so how can we inform policy, funding, different programs to help set this state or this province or this community up for success. And that's where my long-term vision is, is I think maybe as I'm learning along the way, I can help inform some changes at more of a broader scope. But for now, I am just so pleased and grateful to have had this opportunity and to run this company and to, um, to see it reach more communities. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it's really admirable, and I really think that you know, seeing the correlation of hey, they've got pride as a team, and and they're trying to do the best with the tools they have today. And man, some of the things I also think about those transferable skills that you've learned, understanding the small commitments have huge impact, right? Yeah, I take the stairs, but, even in a pencil skirt. So I am the gal that I. I have sneakers everywhere. And so I have my little slip on sneakers and I wear put my heels in my bag. I wear a backpack because that's good just for posture. And and then so I am purposely parking at P4 so I can take 20 cases of stairs up to my office. I'm purposely taking the stairs versus the elevator. And so regardless of what I'm in, you know, wearing professional clothes or not, I'm always like movements, medicine, I have to get off a plane. You got to get those legs moving, got to flush it out. You feel luggish to sit in the car then for an hour. So yeah. I think it's those transferable skills is just being mindful and intentional. If I'm walking into a very important board meeting, I want to show up alert and being able to just deliver the best responses, the best pitch. And in order to do that, I know that I need to do a bit of a 20 minute walk before, just reset my mind. And so those, just like I prepare for race day, and these larger races in the States can be intimidating. I don't know the field. There's so many factors I don't know. You know, that wind in Miami took me by surprise. You know, it just comes howling across the bridge deck. And it's a flat course, but it's very humid. And so recognizing, okay, all these things could be playing against me and my performance. But mentally, that's not going to have me overcome this. And yeah. so those skills are transferable. I prepare my lunches the day before because I know I have a busy day. And so I don't want to go without food because I get hangry and I just am running on empty. And then you make those poor choices in yeah. a pinch. So it's like preparing yourself. If you have your bag in your car with your running clothes, chances are there's traffic. You're going to pull over and go for that run versus, oh, I didn't bring my things. So you just make it easy for those habits to just go with the flow of your day. And I think what, you know, what you've seen is all these little habits are compounding into quality of life to a constant caloric burn, which means I can put good food into my body, use the nutrition properly. The body's going to get used to moving, digestion mm -hmm. systems work. I mean, all these things are factors and they're not big things necessarily. They're not like, they're choices, right? Like in 
instead of me having a roller bag, I can wear a backpack. I can carry that weight. It balances. Mm -hmm. It's all right for my posture. Instead of me, you know, taking the elevator up, you know, the eight floors, I'm going to take the stairs and I'm going to exercise and I'm going to move and it's going to be all right. And I'm going to get used to these things for my body. I mean, I think one of the things that's a great place for anyone to start is you talked a little bit about physically and mentally preparing. I always like moral training too, but you know, the night before a day, like Getting set for your day, I, I've seen some of the best in the world are very good at 8.30 taking a break and they spend 30 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever it takes to reset their household and prep for the next day, whether that's a few notes, whether that's going through their schedule. I use an Oak Journal, a little shout out Oak Journal, and it's about getting some really good habits. And by the way, that day looks so much easier coming out of bed because there's a plan. Mm -hmm. Well, like if you have no plan, it's just a dream. And so for me, it's like, what actionable steps can you take? So to avoid, you know, not being able to do that thing. So for me, it's working backwards. And so whether it's, I have a flight at this time and working backwards to cause un to avoid unnecessary stress. It's also thinking, okay, I'm traveling. What can I bring? And I'm recognizing I'm somewhere where I can't run safely outside. So what can I do? And so it's just having a plan versus just accepting what is. And I try very hard to, to be intentional, to role model for my team, to recognize, you know, I need to just not feel my body well, but I also need, you know, mentally and spiritually. So maybe that means taking that 20 minute break to eat my, my lunch, but going and sitting with the team because, you know, community, breaking bread together, having a laugh, you know, that's so important. It's so easy as a busy executive to think I have no time. I have no time. I fall into that trap too. But when I say, you know what, I'm going to take these 20 minutes and go sit with the teams. I actually come back more refreshed and my mind was actually shifted off. And then I come back and I'm more focused. And so I think if people, if your viewers could think about those sorts of things, like what's important to them, what's been lingering, how do they want to move their business forward? What do they want to do athletically? And then from there, think, okay, what small thing can I do? Starting on Monday, I'm going to take the stairs every day. The first day will probably be painful and you'll be a hot, sweaty mess at the top. Take your suit jacket off before, you know, but you get used to it. And then you realize that there's no thigh burn anymore and then it feels good. And so those are like little wins. Yeah, I think you're developing the grit right there, the little things. Mm. Let's, let's pivot a little bit. Is there, if, if you're running through a challenge in your life, do you have something that you go to like that can help level you when, when you're in a situation, you feel like you're not winning and you're trying to figure out a way? And is there something that helps level you that maybe you read or something? Being out in nature. And mm. it's, for me, it's walking my dog. We're so grateful to be right by the ocean. So being out on the water for me, just changes my energy, changes my perspective. So when I'm finding I'm frustrated or I've hit a roadblock or something's come out of left field that I wasn't expecting and you think it's all doom and gloom, it's recognizing if you just change your environment and change your perspective and come at it at a different approach, you can overcome that challenge. So for me, I've seen as I've grown in my leadership journey that that has certainly helped me with those, the, those tools. Awesome. All right. For anyone, Lisa, that's struggling out there today, I mean, times are getting tougher, right? We've had a couple crazy three years and there's some people facing some hardship. Like they're, they yeah. feel like they're losing. What would you tell somebody right now that is going through something? What would be your best mm -hmm. recommendation for them? Have hope because there is brighter days tomorrow. As we've seen in history, you know, our world has overcome a lot and our, the human species is resilient. And so our society has become almost fighting against itself. You know, the eating processed foods, not doing enough in a day, that hustle mentality. And so we have gone through a lot with COVID. People have had financial setbacks, health setbacks. There, you know, there's uncertainty uh, maybe in their workplace. So what I can say is there's hope and what can you have control over? You can have control over your health and how you show up. So how can you be the best partner, parent, teammate, um, colleague. And so I would say that starts with making those changes inside, heal from within, and then you'll be surprised with opportunities. Then you're open to opportunities. So when we often think, oh, the world is working against me, 
I believe that if you think, you know what, during this time, I'm just going to put my head down and I'm just going to focus on this goal and my health or what skill can I learn? Just recognizing where you need, like doing a self-check. And then with that, working on that goal. And then as your, um, your health shifts, your mindset shifts, as you have this, you know, success, it's the little things, you know, you get up in the morning, you make your bed, you know, whether we're a child or we're an adult, it's these little wins that you're like, check. And, yep. you know, and then it just feels good to think, oh, it's noon and I've done all of this. And then it's our bodies give you that feedback loop. So then throw in a 20 minute walk and now look at you go. And yeah. so you're building that momentum and then building on that momentum. And then when an opportunity comes up for, you know, a new job or a promotion or um, maybe an athletic event, you're like, I'm going to sign up for that or I'm going to put my hat in the ring. You know what? I would say more so than ever, like companies are looking outside the box. So I hire a team with a variety of skill set and a variety of backgrounds. And it's not just a person with this degree from this university and this anymore. Now it's, it doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter, you know, what degree you hold, but your career has given you the skills that satisfies this job. And I love that you're over 60 because man, do you have a great work ethic and you have so much that you could share with the team members that are younger. Love it. All right. For everybody, thank you to Lisa Brooking for joining us on the Winners Find Away show. I'm always excited to bring the 1%. We work hard to find people that will deliver content. Lisa's no different. So excited about movement as medicine, looking at the holistic self, reflecting, thinking about my own grit, thinking about the transferable skills that I learn in these sports and things that I learn along the way that are helping me in my career and so excited about that. So for everybody on the Winners Find Away show, join us every Friday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 a.m. Pacific on the Leadership at a YouTube channel, LinkedIn Live and Facebook Live. And you can find our podcast on all the major networks, Apple, Spotify, et cetera. So check us out to Lisa Brooking. Thank you for everybody. We'll see you next Friday. Thank you. Rebellious Infusions are organic flavored water enhancers. Rebellious provides clean, focused energy in liquid packets. Just tear the corner of the packet and pour 16 ounces of water. Rebellious Infusions have no sugar, no calories, and up to 300 milligrams of antioxidants and loads of L-thionine for brain health. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.